Hello, everybody. We are in the Novel Ideas book discussion, and this is January 19th, 2018, the first meeting of the new year. And Carla Hayes is going to lead the discussion tonight, and we'll be discussing the book Wonder by R.J. Palacio. So, Carla, take it away. Well, hello, everybody, and, um, um, you know, thank you for putting up with me again. Um, I hope my mic is okay. I'm really um, struggling with Windows um, 10, but I'm here, and I'm going to try to do the best with it as I can. The book that we read um, for this time was what I thought a really good book. Um, the book title is Wonder, and it was DB number 74228, and um, it was um, um, a, a really, a really good, uh, a really good read. I thought, and it was by R. J. Palacio, and the basic premise of the book was in case there are people aboard here that haven't read it about a young fifth grade boy that he was homeschooled all his life and then he went to finally he went to a, a prep school and he had a facial dis, a deformity that that really made him, made him look um, noticeably that you know you could really tell that he had this um, this facial de- deformity that, that sort of made him look ugly according to most of the people but um, how he got along, and and you know how 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 at first the the, the students at the school avoided him, and and um, because of the way he looked, but then in general how he got along, and and um, in case there's somebody here, I'm not going to spoil the complete ending, but I would like to start by going around and seeing what everybody thought of the book. I'm going to reserve my opinions and thoughts until other people have had a chance to weigh in because I think that's always a good way to start out. So I'm just going to let up on this button and let you all start talking. Okay, I think I uh, tweeted here, uh, or not tweeted, chirped, which means that I'm on. I have to learn, and one thing I'm learning in this group is patience. Sometimes Randy will recommend a book and I'll read the first half hour. I don't like it. And wonder when it said, what, fifth to eighth grade or something? A fifth grader? And I'm an old fogey here. And I, you know, I don't want to read it. But it was an outstanding book. I'm so glad that I did read it. Uh, every one of us, uh, you know, have gone through, not, not in the nature that Augie went through. But I know those kids who were mainstreamed, uh, we were. To some extent, it took a while for acceptance, whether that's um, accepting. Do sighted guys have issues when they come to a new school being accepted? Yes. But a blind guy is seen as weird for a while. And you find a way. Some go and join the wrestling team. Some sing like Stevie Wonder. Some help people with homework. But Augie really didn't have a a chance, a fighting chance. And I was amazed when I was in the file. I'll end this way because we'll all be talking. That in the fifth grade, I'm trying to think. I was at a school for the blind, a day school, but the the uh, sophistication of the cliques, where Julian said, 
Nobody talked to Augie, you know, where they have a party and they get summer, uh, the wonderful, beautiful summer. I don't know if she was beautiful, but a dear friend of Augie. And they tell her, if you drop Augie, Julian will go out with you. I mean, these are 10-year-olds. You know, I didn't realize. I, I must have been too short and fat to get into all that stuff. I, I didn't get into all that stuff. I didn't know that. But bullying, yes, everybody has a nemesis or a bully. So I want to shut up and let you guys comment. But it was an outstanding book. Well, Bob, I think the world of 10-year-olds now is much different from the world of 10-year-olds when we were when we were that age. You know, things have definitely changed. Now, as for my take on the book, as I said in my review, uh, this book it is, I think, more designed for children, the way he writes. But I think adults can definitely learn a message from this about acceptance of others who are not like us. And so this is definitely it. I, that's why I enjoyed it. And I really wasn't... At first, I was kind of put off by the fifth, fifth grade. That's why I thought, maybe I had the wrong book. So that's I emailed Randy, and no, I have the right, we had the right book. So, but I'm glad I read it. It was a good book. And so, of course, I've never been not accepting of anybody who's not like me, because I'm certainly different from everybody else. Uh, you know, I think we're all different, you know, each in our own special way. So anyway, okay, now it's my turn to shut up. Well, I enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, and I, I did think the part about the cliques was very good. The way the way they wrote it, wrote all about the the cliques at the school. But for me, I just, I think it was a book for children, and it had a message for children in it, which was the whole point of it, really. But I just thought it was all a bit unbelievable. I mean, the kids I know that are bullied at school tend to go on being bullied at school, and then get bullied into adulthood and it's not <laughs> it doesn't always turn out to be and it was the extreme of it I think by the end of it you know on the stage and it was just a bit too much for me I thought it was you know it was fine it was a little bit maybe a little bit sickly maybe um, but it was very well written um, but I didn't think it was very true to life really one of the reasons I thought we should read this book was because they made a movie out of it during the holidays. I didn't see the movie. I'd kind of like to see how what they did with this, this book. Um, the Julia Roberts, for example, played the mother, and uh, I'd kind of like to see how this was all handled in the movie. But also, the um, I got a little fed up with the, the mother, uh, that she suddenly decided he was going to go to the school, not really caring whether he wanted to do it at first. Uh, he, I think it eventually was good for him to do it, but I, I just felt that she had given up everything for him and called him sweetness and everything, and I, I kind of thought that that was pushing it a little too far. And uh, His sister kind of got fed up. She treated him more like a regular brother. I mean, she got fed up with him sometimes and and everything and like sisters do with brothers. And I, I thought, like, the whole business when they took the dog, uh, when the, the dog was kind of a, not exactly a character, but he was always, she was always there. And when they had to take her to put her down, I thought that was kind of, that was really showed a sympathetic side to the whole thing and that's something that 
any of us that do have dogs have had to go through sometimes. But I really thought it was a good book and uh, thought it was worth taking the time to read. I um I also thought it was a good book, and yeah, it was it was meant for children, but really it was meant for everyone <clears throat> because the message there. I mean, adults can be just as bad as kids can, <clears throat> and it even it even showed that in the book at times, and I think. Um, it it really, I thought it was true to life. I mean, maybe, you know, for the most part, I thought it was pretty realistic. Um, <clears throat> my, my granddaughter, who is 11, happened to, I, I, I mentioned that I wanted to see the movie, and she, she said her class read the book, and then they went to see the movie. And they, you know, and she said the movie was good, but the book was better. And uh, I, I just felt that it was pretty, pretty right on as far as the way the kids, the kids treated him, and even some of the adults, the parents of the other kids. Um. And as far as the mother, <clears throat> um, she, I think she knew she had to try to, you know, let him, let him learn and become a part of the society. And she she knew she 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 couldn't, you know, keep him protected from everything all you know all his life. So I think that's one of the reasons she did what she did. I want to say one thing before Carla gets on, if I may. I, I, I was pretty dumb when I was a kid, I guess. If people, I met blind people who said, my family hates me. I'm a special kid. My, my siblings resent me because I use a Braille writer. I've got to have special readers and go to a school and all that. But I didn't feel that way with my family. But, you know, it may have been. But I must say it in defense of my brother and sister, we're very close. You know, we are very close. So I hope it wasn't that bad. But there were times when my parents missed a baseball game for my brother because they had to take me somewhere to the library to do work and read. Mom had to read. And I, I was too young to think about it. I had to do my homework. You know, it had to get done. But I'm sure there were times. But then there might have been times when my sister nudged us too when she was going to you go to dances and had to get dresses and we wanted to go play football and why couldn't mom drive us to it or, you know, the game or whatever. So I'm sure we all did it to each other, but I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm sure that I bugged my family because I was a special kid. Thank you. Well, um, I, I knew a lot of kids as I was growing up, blind kids that were, um, unfortunately, abandoned by their families or if not totally abandoned were not treated very well and um, I I think this, this uh, well I love the book I really did but this mother and the father too 
um, it was like they put all their eggs in one basket. They felt that they had to take care of Augie and that Olivia, Via, would kind of manage for herself. And she finally let them know that she was feeling left out, ignored, and, you know, they were thinking that she could just get through her life by herself, and they had to uh, take care of Augie and protect him and overprotect him. And so we've seen both sides of the coin with blind people, where we see parents that are particularly overprotective, won't, um, won't let them do anything. And then, um, well, I was also fortunate that I came from a family where I was made to do things. But um, thinking about the differences between a blind person and somebody like Augie who was so uh, um, whose face was so different from the rest of everyone else's that um, people one thing with Augie is that he could see people staring at him as blind people people stare at us all the time we don't know, we can't see it at least that, as totals we can't um, but I, I really enjoyed the book and I kept saying to myself yeah, this is a book for kids, and it was really written for kids, but all of us could learn a lesson um, from it. And, I mean, it was heart-wrenching, but he, he really managed to do very, very, very extremely well. Um, I thought the end of it, where they gave him awards and stuff, um... I didn't know if that was okay with me or not. But then again, it's kids. He did work very hard that year, and and he did very well academically. And then in the uh, on the school trip, that worked out very well too. So, uh, but bottom line, I loved the book. I thought it was really a good book, too. Um, I thought it was well-written, and there were times I laughed out loud, and I cried, and, you know, it, it was just a really good book. And I have to agree, 10-year-olds are definitely more sophisticated than I remember them being. I was 12 when I went into public school, and, of course, my situation was a little different because I, I was close enough that I went home every night from the School for the Blind, so I had friends in the neighborhood, and when I went to public school, that just carried over. So it was a little different, but I just... I really liked it. As for him getting the awards at the end, well, you know, that's, I don't know. That's just something, they did it in such a way, 
that there's a, way, a right way and a wrong way to do that. And if you do it the wrong way, you're going to really embarrass somebody. And But I thought it was at least tactfully done. And I just thought it was a really good book. I thought the school trip was a real experience for him to grow and he really seemed to come into his own at that point by the time the school trip came around. Yeah, and I thought and for me, I kind of felt the same way, Randy. I you know, I wasn't when I I was uh spent five and a half years in this world of the blind and then I was mainstreamed. And, you know, I did have some popularity issues through the rest of my elementary school, junior high and high school. But at least I, after reading this book, I was thankful that at least kids weren't running away from me and calling me freak and, and telling other kids, well, don't talk to her, you know, don't touch her and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, that, that, that's why this, this book kind of helped me put my own experiences in perspective. Well, um, and hearing all that you've said, I just want to make a few um, comments. Um, the thing is, it may seem unrealistic as far as the sophistication of these fifth graders, but it, it's amazing to me how sophisticated children are and even have always been, or uh, at least in recent times. I know when I was in fourth and fifth grade, I was bullied at the School for the Blind. I was even bullied in kindergarten. Um, one of the older girls threw my chatty Kathy doll in the garbage can and um, didn't admit to it. And we all had to sit on our chairs every day after school until somebody fessed up. And after that experience, everybody hated me because it was my doll. And so, I know, I was bullied all the way through. And uh, as a teacher now, I can see how bullying takes place in a very disturbing ways in very young children. In fact, um, last year I was I, I came home in tears because one of our third graders left for the reason of being bullied, and this is in a Christian school. Um, another thing, um, somebody had commented about um, the mother. Um, um, and um, maybe it was, you know, not let asking him whether he wanted to go to school. I think, um, again, I can see, um, I work with a lot of homeschoolers, and for a lot of the parents, it comes to a point where the parent realizes, hey, um, I can't offer my child anymore um, in, as far as this particular class subject or, uh, or whatever it is, and they, you know, they need outside help, and I think what she was trying to do was um, to expand his horizons and get him out into the world. And um, sometimes, maybe in this society, we ask children too much what they want, and, and that's not good either because the parents and the, the teachers and the professionals are the ones that know what what's best for children and so if we just keep you know asking the children you know what do you want uh, you know we we might ask for their input but sometimes we know what's best for them and i think that was the case with the mother and then as far as the award was concerned i think that was tactfully done myself i i do think that um it did take him a lot of courage and he managed to be friendly and kind through the whole thing. He, he wasn't cruel to anybody. 
and um, he certainly represented the precepts of that particular um, award very well. And then the one other thing I wanted to say, somebody had wondered about the ending, that it was just, it was just everything just resolved. Um, I don't know how, if you meant that it was just too perfect, how everything was tied up. But um, when you look at the, the events that brought it there, um, it, I don't know if it did. Um, for example, um, somebody had been concerned about whether the children um, would all, you know, change their attitude that fast. But the incident that brought that um, to light was when he went away um, to that camp, and it took students from another school to bully him and pick on him for those students. That that showed them, that gave them the perspective of how cruel they were being, and also um, to stick up for him and. You know, I can remember even in my own life, my my brother, if my two brothers, um, they fought like cats and dogs. But if somebody were to pick on one of my other brothers, uh, the other brother would cream him. He just didn't do that to a haze. So I think there was something like that there going on. Okay, now unless anybody has any more general impressions about the book, I'd like to move to a second question and ask what you all feel was the overall theme of this story. I can think of several, but what would you believe is the theme of this book? I'll start, but I want to say that I felt very sorry for Via, uh, and she was wonderful. She did break the ice in the family, like, you shape up. You know, you can be a nobody or a somebody. And I, I uh, mom missed, you know, talking to sweetness all the time, missed the soccer games for Via and all that. So I, I admired her. Well, I think that the obvious one is uh, acceptance can be a struggle. You know, I, I, I'm still struggling with the concept. I know he was whatever the word is, ugly or whatever, but nobody would sit next to him. Nobody, don't touch him. You'll catch something. You know, don't, don't, did you touch him? You know, that he was a pariah. And I don't know where those teachers were. The principal seemed like a pretty good person. But where the heck were those teachers? But I would say the theme that I would give is one of them is acceptance. To be accepted it can be a long journey. Well, Rob, I agree with you. Where I don't know, you know, and the problem is nowadays teachers can't do a whole lot. I wish, I wish to goodness that a teacher could sit down with a class, you know, when they've been, you know, mistreating Augie and have them write, you know, 50 times I will be nice to Augie, I cannot catch something from him, I must sit next to him, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, um, and I could also, Carla was talking about how her brothers took up for her. Well, I um, also, my younger brother did the same thing to me. I remember we were in a public place, like in the park, where there were, a lot, where there were other kids. Um, and I, they were staring at me, and I wasn't aware they were staring at me, but he was. And so he would say, quit staring at my sister! It was almost embarrassing, but then it was kind of sweet, too. So now for the theme, uh, yeah, I agree with Bob there. I think the theme is, is acceptance. And the, the idea that we should accept those who may not be like us, whether they be blind, whether they have a facial disfigurement, whether they be black, white, Asian, whatever, we should accept those people. We're all the same in uh, how we were created. You know, we're all the same, and we should be treated and accepted all the same. Well, I'm not sure that I'm getting to the exact nature of the book, but so many of the things that happened in that book were 
things that just happen in life. And I couldn't understand why Julian was getting by with starting this war. And, and even Julian got his mother into it and said he should be kicked out of the school because he was not, the, you know, should, should not be there. And uh, they, I, it just seemed to me that, that, that uh, I guess things like that do happen, but uh, he just seemed to get by with starting these wars and doing everything like that. And he treated them badly from the almost the first day. And I thought some of the names were interesting. Uh, Mr. Tushy or whatever his name was, the uh, principal, and, and some of the teachers' names were rather interesting. Uh, the, and they had, I, I thought that the uh, things, like his precepts, Mr. Brown, I think it was, that had the precepts, and each of the children were supposed to write something on it every, you know, to keep track of them. And I guess that's all I got to say right now. Mr. Tushman. Yeah, I thought that was a kind of interesting name. I suppose the author put that name in just, you know, to make it interesting. And, and I kind of loved, you know, the pun there at the beginning where the father says, you know, Mr. Oh, no, I forgot what it was that he said, but it, 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 it was funny. It was funny. And But as far as what happened with Julian, I've heard that that does happen nowadays in school. My sister-in-law is a teacher, and she has run across that where, you know, kids will do that, and the parents, you know, they're like, oh, well, my kid can't possibly do, be doing wrong. You know, I, you know, I'm just a wonderful, you know, my kid's so wonderful, yada, yada, yada. And I, that sort of thing actually can happen, unfortunately. So that's not, that wasn't surprising to me. I got the impression that the school, it was a prep school, so I, I got the impression that there was a, a social hierarchy. And Julian was, because of his parents and their status in the community and and probably they were wealthy and so they lorded it over other people, other adults, and of course it trickled down to Julian and and he got away with everything too because teachers can't do anything no, but they don't want to tangle with his parents either. And at one point, I just felt like, you know, it it was it just was obvious to me. And then at the end of the year, when they said he wasn't going to be back at the school the next year because they didn't think that that school was the right fit, well, la di da, you know, it was. <laughs> That was just the way they were. But Mr. Tushman chooses Julian, and you're right, it's all about money. The mother was president of the board. She wanted to get Augie kicked out of the school, and the principal said Augie doesn't have a disability. My good wife, who's worked with it a lot, says, oh, yeah, he had a uh, not a very, uh, what am I looking for, not a popular disability, but he was disabled. He was perceived as disabled because of his face. Uh, but the principal stood by Augie. But the, but Julian was chosen to befriend him at the beginning. And Jack, I think Jack was great. And the other girl, Catherine, was it? And Julian hated him from the beginning. But it was all about money. 
I think. They said, well, who would we choose? Let's get Julian in there. And the best thing that ever happened was when Jack punched Julian in the nose. Actually, that was Charlotte. And, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Good gravy. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, dear. Well, never mind. Well, you know, he picked Julian because Julian's mother was president of the board. So if he hadn't picked Julian, there would have been more backlash from the get-go because, oh, you didn't pick my son to be part of the welcoming committee. So he his hands were tied. And, yeah, that was the best thing that could have happened was when Jack punched Julian in the nose. That was That was awesome. Yeah, I, I would say the message of the book, I mean, it's, because it's for children, it's got to be fairly straightforward. I mean, it was basically to teach children that you should look further than just what somebody looks like, look what the, what's inside them, and, uh, you know, find out more about somebody and what they're like. And because it was for children, and that message had to be put across as strongly as possible, that meant they had to make Augie into a very, very perfect little boy, and I think it would have been, as from an adult's perspective, would have been a bit more interesting if he hadn't have been quite so perfect. I mean, he was, you know, he was very cute, very perfect. Um, which, you know, I think for, the, for because it was for a children's book, he had to be to make the point very clear. But um, I think it would have been a bit more interesting if he hadn't been quite so perfect. Well, very quickly, I think uh, I learned, and I guess I haven't been around, I don't know, that bullying, verbal bullying, uh, or just don't talk to him, is almost worse than just getting beat up every day. We had those bullies. I, I, we, they'd beat you up, or you, you learned to survive it. You learned either all of you got the guy and jumped him, as the word was, get the guy, or someone bigger than you would beat him up. That was easy. But verbal bullying, what we, we had at the School for the Blind, uh, was the partials, whatever you want to call them. It's low vision today. They would bully by stealing a book or, you know, using their vision just enough. And that that's bullying, too. And I didn't think of it that way when I was it was happening to me uh, and other people on our bus. We rode two hours. We weren't fortunate like Randy, neighborhood school. We had busing before it became uh, popular. And uh, the sighted, the partials would get you. But I must say. At the school, the teachers, the blind guys were kings. You did not take advantage of a blind guy as a partial uh, at our school for the blind, which is only a six-year school. Someday I'll tell you about junior high. That's when I grew up. Well, my train of thought came back. The premise that Julian gives at the end of the book is interesting. When they, uh, in that appendix where it lists all the postcards that the kids sent to Mr. Brown during summer vacation, his was something like, there are times when it's best to start over. And it kind of, to me, it kind of made me wonder, well, is he realizing the error of his ways now? Because apparently he and Jack were friends for years before all this came about. And is he kind of missing Jack's friendship and wondering if maybe, you know, maybe he was wrong. And so maybe he's looking forward to starting over in a new school and making new friends and, and perhaps being a better person, being more respectful and that sort of thing. Yeah, I saw, I thought that too, Abby. Um, you know, looking back, I don't really remember being bullied as a kid. And 
I just don't have memories of that at all. Mine actually didn't start till adulthood when I was working. And, you know, that is worse in a lot of ways because as a kid, you expect it. As an adult, you really don't. And, but, you know, it's it happens at any stage of life. And I just, I don't remember other kids being that way, though. I guess I was lucky and I just didn't have that as a child. Not from kids. Well, you know, I think that Jillian was picked by Mr. Tushman because he and Jack were such good friends and he wanted Jack to befriend Augie because he thought that Jack would be a good influence and help him a lot, which he was. And I think that Mr. Tushin just did not realize the kind of a kid that Julian really was. And I think Julian got very jealous when Jack and Augie hooked up and, um, and he was angry. And all he had to do, because his mom was the president of the school board, was say, look, we have this funny-looking kid here, and he doesn't belong in our school. And the mother um, felt the same way as her son. And she probably inculcated stuff into her son that... Um, made him not like people that were different from him. Yeah, you're right, Joni. I, I totally agree with that. Um, doesn't Didn't you guys have a nemesis at school? Maybe that's not a bully, but we all have guys. Man, we hated each other. You, you, everybody had a, we had a nemesis. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was a bully, but we, that's what we called him. And then just a certain guy you grew up with, you were competitive and you found ways to hurt each other when you're young and stupid. Uh, but maybe it's bullying. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I say that that was a prep school. I don't know how big the classes were. Uh, there were teachers all over the place. My principal, when I taught at Chatsworth High, first principal, 3,300 kids. You won't believe it, but she knew what was going on. She, maybe she had squealers. I don't know. But she'd take us into faculty, and I want to find this Mexican girl who said this. Go out and search. Find her. I want to help her. You know, she knew what was going on. I can't believe Mr. Tushman, I think, knew too. He knew about Julian, and maybe it was the money that prevented him from moving. Finally, I, I want to comment on Jack criticizing Augie for the, uh, when, when he didn't, Augie changed costumes. Remember at the Halloween party? And Jack said, oh, God, Augie's following me all over. You know, boys, there he was being a 10-year-old. You guys talk about the sophistication of 10-year-olds. You know, now they're on Facebook and they have cell phones. But they're still 10. And Jack was showing off for the boys. Did, but did Augie make him wait too long before? You know, even, even his sister said, you know, you can be a baby and say nothing. Or you can talk to him. Take him on. Talk to him why he said that. And they did get together again. But it seemed like months before they would talk again. 
And I blame Augie a little bit. Jack was stupid. He was showing off. He really liked Augie, but he wasn't going to say it in front of Julian. Uh, I was wondering, I know I'm, I'm on my own a bit here, not, not liking the book as much as everyone else, but um, I know the book was written to try and make children accept children in the classes that are different. But I wondered if you ever think that the, a book like this could be damaging for a, a child who has a disability like that and goes into a class and they don't end up being, you know, the, the bullies are all there and perhaps it would make them think that in time everybody's going to love them. And it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, you know. It does every now and again. But for most children that go into a class that are different, it's not all going to turn out wonderfully. And I wonder if a book like this gives children false expectations. You know, it's... I don't know. Bob, I wondered the same thing about why Augie didn't just confront him right there and then. Um, and putting myself in his shoes, you know, he's never been... This is his first time in school. He's been homeschooled. He's not really, you know, uh, versed in the social graces and whatnot, and he's hurt, and he's just not sure how to deal with it. Uh, so, and I think later on, perhaps, you know, in, you know, years down the road, if someone says that, you know, if you hear someone talking about him like that, I think he would perhaps will gain, will have more self-esteem and to deal with it more quickly as opposed to waiting a few months. But, but in the beginning, since he's not, hasn't been in school before, and, he, you know, it's just, it's just a shock, and he just doesn't know what to do. And... Oh, that's right. I understand that. I didn't expect him to stand up right there and say, you so-and-so, let's fight. He had no self-esteem. Everybody's been putting him down. But it took months. It, the, the school trip really was the icebreaker. They, they started that, that big kid, I forget his name, suddenly said, I'll defend you, Augie, and everybody else. You're in my group, and we'll take those guys on. And Augie became one of the guys. He was accepted. That that school trip, was a, they should have had that at the beginning of the year. Uh, on that one, and I, Augie went, and I, I thought that was good. And whenever you could get in um, freewheeling situations, I can't explain. Maybe when the teacher's out of the room, you're cut up, and they see that you're a normal guy. Not being bad, just cutting up and having fun. Um, that was the best times I had in junior high and high school, when you could be yourself, and you weren't just the Braille student, you know, person who's like that i thought i was pregnant for a year because a teacher was the guy that's like that you know finally i told him my name after a while but it took courage because the teachers were gods and i told him i had a name and he finally figured it out but when you're in a free willing thing like a school trip and you sneak off and you break a little rules and then the other group comes after you and they don't care about your problem they want to beat you up um augie became one of the guys he was okay he won the war against julian the social war. That happened, he started talking to Jack before the school trip. And um, he finally did do that, and they started texting each other. Because he finally, he didn't actually tell Mr. Tushman what happened in so many words, but Mr. Tushman kind of figured it out and... So, but yeah, I know what you mean about the freewheeling, you know, when you're in the classroom, the teacher's gone for a minute and you start doing stuff. 
I always had a deck of cards in my desk. Play a card game any anytime one of my friends my one of my friends and I would sit there one girl in front of me, we she'd turn around and we play a couple hands and hide the cards. If anything, I think this book would be uh, help beneficial to a disabled child because it would give that child uh, the courage to you know not be to you know stick up for himself and you know to, to, to face adversity head on when being mainstreamed. So I think this book would be good for disabled kids as well as other kids. It should be required reading for all kids from fifth grade up. I think. Well, um, I think another theme of this book is resilience and. Um, um, perseverance and um, stick-to-itiveness and I think that that Augie and, and courage as you said I think I think that is all that is all true that um, you know he, he was resilient um, he didn't let his his facial disfiguration uh, rule his life and, and get him down and use it as an excuse, uh, you know what I mean, things like that. So that's, I think that was really important. And as far as um, somebody had said that um, they couldn't believe that, you know, the teachers didn't see this and put a stop to it sooner. Now, the one lady in the cafeteria, the Miss, Mrs. G., when when they, when she saw them moving away from the table, you know, the way he was sitting, she did say, "Go back to that table and sit at that table." And they were all moving away from, you know, sitting with Augie, and, um, and so so there there was somebody that did notice. But I can tell you, as a teacher, it's really hard to pick up on bullying because it's it's just so hidden it's so subtle it takes the form of of shunning and as you say moving away and and just just little things that get done behind people's backs and a very little of bullying sometimes is outward and uh, mr johnson or mr brown's precepts really did pepper this book too and if you all would like to have Julian's perspective and some deeper perspectives of this book, I strongly suggest reading the companion book, 365 Days of Wonder, Mr. Brown's Book of Precepts. And in case you're interested, it's also by, of course, R.J. Palacio. And the deep, it's only two hours and 21 minutes long. It's read by Eric Sandfold, and it is DB79728. So that's 79728. And what this book does is for each day of the year, it gives a precept. And they were written by different people, some of them famous people, some of them were the kids. In fact, um, <laughs> Julian's is in there. And between the months, you get more um, in-depth knowledge of the story. Um, for example, at the end of the precepts for July, before it goes into August, um, Mr. Brown um, there's a series of email letters between Mr. Brown and Julian, and you learn a lot about Julian in those letters because Mr. Brown says that you know he you know he's he's never you know that um, 
you know that it was you know it was disturbing to him that have to have this uh, this happen in his school and that uh, this student was going to leave and go to a new school but um, that he did handle things wrong but he can understand after he read some of these letters and the letters were were interesting because we learned that um, that Julian had 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 nightmares, had night terrors before, um, and they had gone away. And then when he saw Augie, he was having these night terrors and and um, different things like that. You you just learn a little bit more. And 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 he said he didn't know why he was mean to Augie except for that reason. You know, he, you know, seeing his face and all that. And so so you get um, not um, sticking up for Julian, but you get more in-depth perspectives of the characters if you take the time, and it wouldn't take you much time at all to read this this um, companion book. I, I highly recommend it. It's a really good read. But um, so I would say another theme would be resilience, and I, the, you've already answered the third question I was going to ask. What you thought was maybe um, the pivotal events of this book. I would definitely say a couple of things. Of course, the school trip, because that really did make the, that was the big one that made the switch where um, they started treating Augie like one of the guys. And then going backwards, I would say, of course, um, whenever um, Augie showed up in a different Halloween costume and nobody knew who he was, and he overheard the conversation with Jack and, and the boys and, and got some of. You know, when Jack said the things that he said, uh, I thought that was a pivotal event. And then uh, the other pivotal event, I think, came with the musical when Miranda decided she wasn't going to. She she, she told the the teacher that uh, that she was sick, you know, that she was ill, and she couldn't do the lead in this, uh, you know, in the musical, in the play. And so uh, via was the understudy and so she had to take over and sometimes I wonder I don't know what you all thought about that but when Miranda didn't take that part I wonder why she didn't I wonder if she realized that she didn't have any family and um, and that everybody was there for Via and Justin and, and Augie was there and I wonder if it was an act of unselfishness on her part to let um, uh, Via glory in in her um, in the event, so that because her family was there and all of that, or what do you all think about that event? I think it was a totally unselfish act by Miranda. She wasn't sick; that's a bunch of baloney. And the teacher got mad at her, and she was in the next place the next day or whatever. But it gave Via, who's who lived through what the, the Miranda and the girlfriend—I don't remember her name—shunned her when when they started the new school. She had an issue with acceptance also. They were friends from the first grade or whatever. And Chunder and uh, on and on. And they had their own social group and she wasn't involved. This was uh, Via's day in the sun. And then remember later, Miranda, they're cheering or whatever. And Miranda puts her arms around Augie and says, I love you. No, Miranda was one of the stars in this book, I think. She was great. And she, she really missed the family of Augie because the family accepted her. And when she was in this social thing, as teenagers will, you make new friends and you forget your old ones sometimes. Um, she liked the family, though. They really accepted her, Augie's family. I think, Bob, you and Carla are hitting the nail right on the head. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and if you remember, um, we find out earlier that Miranda told the drama teacher that they could not do the original play because she had a brother. She herself, Miranda, has a brother with a facial disfigurement. And so she, and I think this is also her way of atoning for that as well. I was just going to say that too, Abby, that she did kind of tell a lie and say that she had a brother with a facial disformity. And actually, in a way, I think she saw Augie as her brother. So maybe in that sense, it really wasn't a lie, so to speak, but she wasn't straight up and... So, yeah, I think that was her way of atoning for that. And um, and it was Thea's chance to shine and, and to just enjoy herself for once instead of being in the background. And she, it was her chance to be the center of attention. Well, the big question is, is Augie going to face this at the next school? You know what I mean? That is it, as as he learned, people will stare. We hope that adults aren't going to be stupid enough to say it's a disease. Don't touch him. Don't shake his hand. Whatever. But is he going to live with this? And we can ask ourselves that. We always say about blindness, it's a it's an ongoing education. At my age, I'm getting sick of educating. I'm not rude, but I I I just don't feel that I've done it. I'm not going to explain everything. And when someone says, were you born that way? And I said, uh, I don't know what you mean. Were you born sighted? And they get mad. They said, well, don't be smart. But, I mean, I'm tired of educating. But is Augie going to have to educate about his deformity? And that was that a true can, – can you get it genetically? Like Via said she couldn't have – they had a whole explanation. I gather that was like one of uh, Jody P. Cole's books. That is a true thing? You can be born that way? Um, I, I think that is true. It's a genetic thing because um, I'm, I'm probably not the only one in here that's got RP, and that's a similar sort of thing. We've got to, both parents have got to have it, or one and the other, and so on. So it's a similar sort of thing. But uh, I like Miranda. She was one of my favourite characters in the book, and I, I did like that um, the scene where she gave up her part for Via. And the other character, my favourite character in the book, I think was Via's boyfriend. I've forgotten his name now. But I really liked him. He was a, he was an excellent character. I, he was definitely my favorite in the book. Uh, first, I want to thank Carla for telling us about this other book that I didn't know existed. The uh, maybe I did read it somewhere that that it was available. Uh, but I'm going to read that too because I want more insights into Julian and um, had his mother been intelligent enough to get him <clears throat> some good counseling and have him talk about the night terrors and stuff um, he may have turned out uh, a lot more insightful than he was then but anyway um I think as Augie gets older, uh, he would learn, as we have had to learn, how to make people feel more at ease with him and how to deal with their questions 
and whether we like it or not, Bob. And you were, you and I are the <clears throat> oldest people here. We will deal with this, quest, the questioning, the educating of people until we are not here anymore. I agree with you, and there are times when I say to myself, um, you know, how much long do I have to be an advocate, an educator? How long do I have to keep being super blink? You know what I mean? And oh, that that makes me mad too. When you know, when there are other blind people that you know they, you know, they think you should be able to do this and you should be able to do that. And maybe some of them can, but um, some of us may not be able to do certain things. But then on the other hand, they can't do certain things that I can do. So. Um, you know, independence is very important, and I, I would say that independence is extremely important, but of equal importance is interdependence. There comes a time when you, you realize there are certain things that you just can't do, and um, you need to call on somebody to help, but on the other hand, the other half of interdependence is being there to help them with something else. So. We're all sort of meshed together that way, and I do think Augie will learn as, you know, as he gets older. Um, and it's 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 probably more difficult for him than it will be for us because, it, you know, they have to look at his face, and and you know, sometimes sighted people are, you know, they that that's all what things are about is how people look and how things look, and it's hard to to look beyond. Um, I, I, you know, I think it would be, in some ways, more difficult to forget that Augie has this facial disfigurement than it would be um, to forget that we are blind. Because so, several times people have said to me, sometimes I forget that you're blind. And um, that blows my mind. I don't know how you can forget a thing like that, but maybe you can. Who knows? But I, I do think there are a lot of great themes and great characters in this book. and. A little aside, it felt good to get away from romance for a while. I guess I'm just not a big romance novel person. I'm, I'm reading more romances than I ever did since I joined the group. But um, it just felt good to get a different type of a book. And I would love to see this movie. And I'm going to see if I can do that. It's I missed it in the theaters, I'm sure. But someday, sooner or later, it'll come available on a DVD. Maybe I can borrow it from the library. Maybe Blind Mice uh, Mart would get it in descriptive form or something, but it'd be interesting to see how they treat this in the movie. I just want to add, I don't want to start World War III here, but because Mr. Brown's precepts were great. I had an English teacher in the ninth grade that did that philosophy, got his, and he put ben, but he just did Benjamin Franklin's sayings, and, but it was good. But Mr. Brown had a clue about Julian. I'm not saying he should squeal, but he should have got sought some advice. He should have talked to Mr. Twishman at least and said, you know, this kid's really working Augie over. I don't know what we can okay. all do to help Julian, you know. Uh, but I haven't read the emails and I haven't what I don't know what Julian said. And when you talk, you said you're not defending him, but he gets nightmares. And now when he sees Augie, he gets them. And that's why he's mean to him. But certainly there's a, there's a teacher when I said somebody, some faculty member in my school would find out about some of the bullying. Probably not all of it, but some. They would mm-hmm. pick it up on it and something would happen. That's all I'm saying to you. Okay, I'm done. 
That's true, Bob. But then you've got the thing of confidentiality, and you've got his parents to deal with. Because his parents are going to say, no, that's that's not really true, or, you know, my child is perfect kind of parents. That's the way his parents seem to be. So, you, you know, you got them to deal with, too. <clears throat> but um, I, I think myself that the book um, was meant to bring across encouragement and and gain self-confidence and um you know you just you just gotta keep trying and eventually it you know you'll be okay i know myself um as a child i had a very very low self-esteem and i i just it took me a long time to finally get the confidence that I and and not to be made to feel stupid. I um and I don't. I mean, people didn't come right out and say, "Well, gee, are you ever stupid to me?" Um, but I I know with some of my classmates. Um, like we would, we would do things like, okay, we'll go over the, the states and their capitals. And I struggled with memorizing all that stuff. And these kids were doing really well and I was just struggling with it. And so that's just an example. But, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things was, you know, trying to encourage a disabled child to keep trying and eventually you know, it'll work out. Uh, um, can you all hear me? Um, I sort of got cut off and cut out here. Um, but I, I'll just say it, and if you hear me, if you don't hear me, I'll figure that out too. But I, I wonder if um, if Bob, if, if Mr. Brown didn't say something to Mr. Tushman, because at the end, Mr. Tushman seemed to know a whole lot about what happened. He seemed to know about the mean notes and about a lot of things. And so I'm wondering if behind the scenes we might have missed something that wasn't in the book, that he did say something. And then the other thing that we find out in the, the 365 Precepts um, book is um, that... Um, Julian's mother was trying to get Mr. Tushman fired, and that didn't really come out in the book. Yeah, I think that became apparent in the book even on that. But I wonder, I was trying to say is Randy shows great courage for admitting something that many of us don't want to admit. Of course we had low self-esteem. The teacher, when you raise your hand and he points at you, and then you don't comment because you can't see him. And he says, well, he doesn't know. Okay, let's go to Johnny over here. You know, I had a name too. I, and, and so, yes, when I got in trouble, I'm being very candid here, is when I tried to pretend I wasn't blind. Because I believe society, and I know I'm going to sound like the NFB, but the society felt that a blind guy was helpless and hopeless. Why do I want to be one of those guys? I didn't use a cane. I was embarrassed. I'm telling you the truth. Until I got a guide dog at 18, only because I wanted instant mobility. I had to go to UCLA, and I had to didn't know how to use a cane, and I got a dog. Okay, and then later I used, learned to use a cane. But yes, low self-esteem, and 
And I, I remember, if I may share, I had an eighth grade science teacher who never called me by my name, the Braille student or whatever. Or he'd read off the board and he goes, okay, you blind kids, you got about five minutes and he'd roll. And I learned my own shorthand Braille and I kept up with him. I hated his guts, but I got an AEE. But I would say he was the worst teacher I ever had. One more episode, my esteem went up when I had a math teacher who did drills like six times six, add four and all that. I clobbered them. We did math in our heads. They got better. They learned to think with their heads. Math, instead of carry the one, give me the 27 steps to what's two and two and all that. But he raised my self-esteem. He says, Robert's killing you guys. You better get going. And I had a name in his class. So, yes, we all struggled, Randy, with low self-esteem. It was there. And the best class I ever took was a speech class. I knew that I had a big mouth. And I knew that teaching was for me. And, but if I hadn't taken that a few classes in speech, I don't know what would happen to me. Well, I hope everybody can hear me. I was cut off earlier uh, by the woman who said she wasn't sure people could hear her. But anyway, I would agree that, uh, that Mr. Tushman... You know, at the end, when Julian, or when uh, what's it, uh, August is in his office, and uh, he's talking to Mr. Tushman, and Mr. Tushman said, you know, why didn't you tell me about the notes, you know, on your locker, and yada, yada, yada. And August like, but you knew about that? Oh, yeah, you know, I got, you know, I, I know what's going on. I, you know, so, yeah, there's no reason to believe that Mr. Brown would not have tried to say, say something to Mr. Tushman, but given, you know, the situation with Julian's parents, Mr. Tushman kind of been, you know, it might have had his hands tied, especially if Julian's mother was trying to get him fired. So I, I definitely agree with that premise. Yeah, and that was Linda, Bob. That wasn't me. But, yeah, we all had those teachers. And I had a teacher in ninth grade when I first started in high school, my freshman year. I would leave my classes about five minutes before the bell rang when I first started because I, the, my mobility instructor was on strike. And so I hadn't had a chance to really learn the building, learn the routes to my classes. So they said the principal agreed that to give me a little bit of a head start so I wouldn't get totally lost in the halls and give me a chance to get to my classes. And this idiot teacher that I had for biology would wait till I left to give the homework assignments, knowing that I wouldn't get the assignments and knowing that chances were good I wouldn't have the assignment done the next day. But I got, I, that happened to me once and he, he got mad in front of everybody. He got mad at me because I didn't have my homework done and I went home and I did tell my mom about it, and she called the principal. I guarantee you that didn't happen again. And I started getting homework from my classmates because he still did it, but I outsmarted him and got the homework from my classmates. And, you know, we all had those idiots. So... But, yeah, I think Mr. Brown did know, and he did report Julian to Mr. Tushman. Well, I was uh, mainstreamed, in, in my, um, particularly in my high school, 
where there was no braille class or anything. I was the only blind kid there. Was the first blind kid there. And um, the teachers were okay to me, but I had two, one in my sophomore year, one in my senior year. And I'm sitting in class with the sophomore uh, teacher, and she's saying, what's that clicking noise? What's that clicking noise? And I didn't think, and then finally I said, oh, do you mean my slate and stylus? That's the way I write Braille. Well, I want you to stop, she said. Don't do that in my class ever again. I don't want to hear that noise. And I said, well, but that's the way I take notes. Well, I don't care. I don't want you to do it ever again. And in my senior history class, same thing. The teacher that looked like a, a hawk tall and skinny, and a hawk or an owl, I forget. But he's standing up in front of the room, and he says, what's that clicking noise? Again, I said, Mr. Howell, are you talking to me? That's how I take my notes. I'm writing Braille. Well, stop writing Braille in my classroom. And by that time, I was a senior, and I went to the, and it was much more important that I take notes in his class and I went to the vice principal and I said, Mr. Hell won't let me use my slate and stylus in his class. I can't make, take notes. And she said, well, if that's how he feels about it, then you have to stop taking notes. So, I mean, I had some bad experiences in that school and uh, some good ones too. I was very happy. When I went to my 60th class reunion uh, in October, but I was not treated very, very well at all. Okay, and I remember, Joni, if I, and Linda, whatever I said about Randy is double for you. I apologize, but you really impressed me with that comment, the, the, those, the honesty there. That's what we got to be. So often we go to the events and you meet these blind guys, these super guys that never had anything happen to me. I don't even know what discrimination is. Maybe they don't, but it happened to them. And just tell it like it is. It's okay. It's okay to admit imperfections and how you overcame the obstacles uh, that you had. Joni, I think once you told me that in the fourth grade you had to tell the teacher at one of your schools how you t how to give you an exam. That's a great responsibility. I, I would have been terrified to do it. So... Anyway, Randy, I, I, I want to hear the Laker game, so I hope you can give us the next book. And I just want to thank everybody for, you know, a good discussion and for, I hope I did okay leading it. Um, I loved the book. I loved the precepts book. I hope some of you will, will try that book, too, because it will give you a real, a much more rounded view of what happened in Wonder. And, um, and thank you all for, for making this a very informative and entertaining discussion. Carla, thank you. You did a great job, and, um, and I, um, I really enjoyed this group tonight. And it's because you were leading it. Well, I mean, Randy and Ruth Ann are there, too, but you did a super good job. Take care, Carla. Thank you, Carla. It was a great discussion, and 
great book. <clears throat> so thank you for recommending it and for being willing to lead it. Well, we go from wonder to a book that um, it's it's fiction, but it's based on true events, and I love books that are based on true events. I never knew about it until I read the book. The book is Before We Were Yours. It's by Lisa Wingate. The DB number is 88202. And it, it takes place, it starts out in the 1930s, I believe. It goes back and forth between the 1930s and present day. And it's a family story. It starts out with five children and their parents, and they are very poor. They're living on the river in a houseboat. And the mother is pregnant, and she goes to the hospital because she's having problems with the delivery. And these children are taken away. And it goes, like I said, it goes back and forth between that time and present day. And it's really, it's their family and the next generation, a couple generations later, they, no one knows about this until much later. And it's, it, it may take a while to get into. This is one of those books that when I told Bob about it, he came back and said, I don't know if I want to read this. I'm not enjoying it. I said, give it some more time because it does really pick up. And I didn't have any problem. I was into it right away. But it's it's not an easy book. So if you don't like violence and um, things like that just if you read it just know that it's there and but it's really a good book and it ends very well too so it's I thoroughly enjoyed it and so Anyway, the title is Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. It's The DB number is 88202, and it's the commercial version. And there are two different readers. So, and we will meet on the 16th of February. So, there you have it.